is good, everybody. Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me, finally, after his vacation, is Hugh and Wet Blanket himself, Levin Black. Levin, welcome back. I mean, I would have only been gone one week, but somebody last week said, nah, we don't need you. I got this more important person. You can take another week off. 30 seconds into the show and you are already complaining. You are officially back. I'm not from complaining. Vacation. I'm spitting facts like normal. If you are new to the show, this is where you get the hot takes mostly from me and the cold truth mostly from, as I said, the human wet blanket, Levin Black. You bring up last week's episode. That's when we were joined by Cameron Britton from Mindhunter and Umbrella Academy. We got this review from Ninerman41, five stars. We always say you take the time to leave a review. We'll read it on the show. You just found your Monday co-host stats. You mentioned in the past wanting a Monday show. You found your new co-host fantastic pod with Cameron Britton. He was funny, thoughtful, had well-informed and well-reasoned takes. You better snag him before Grant Cohn gets fired up and comes for his job. In the alternative, Cameron would be a good occasional alternative to the human wet blanket. No offense, Ment Levin. You are a nice balance to Rob. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Best 49ers pod out there, and it's not even close. I did think about replacing you. What's new? You've been thinking that for probably two years at this point. Here's the thing with Cameron Britton. He's basically like a better-looking, much, much, much more attractive you. He even kind of looks like you and sounds like you. So what you're saying is you're going Hollywood. We're going like Levin 2.0. (laughs) you're going Hollywood. You can say it. Now, I didn't know this. And maybe you tell me this, if if this is true. I saw this tweet from the NN podcast account, and you're the only one besides me that has access to that. I assume this was you. Is he really one of your favorite actors? Character actors. Yeah. I, I, I love his Kemper and that's my favorite Netflix show. So, uh, yeah, I, I think his portrayal of Kemper is, extremely it's uniquely talented put it that way like i don't think many people could pull off the way that every single time kemper is in that show you are both thinking he's a teddy bear who wouldn't harm a flea and also he's about to murder you and eat your flesh (laughs) you know what i mean you're like you're like in this weird juxtaposition where you're like you're feeling safe but then at the same time you're like This dude is one of the most brutal murderers of all time. And he's like being almost like a weasel, you know, like they're just waiting on him to strike that whole thing. And they get into that. Like, that's kind of how the main character feels in Mindhunter. And it messes with him. And in season two, he kind of has a mental breakdown over that. It is one of my favorite Netflix shows. It is very, very good. It's sort of in a weird place because it, it, they haven't done it for years, but it hasn't officially been canceled. So I hope it comes back because yeah, that would have been my number one question. And I'm mad that you didn't ask it. What's going on with that? What's the truth? Where is it at? Why hasn't it had another season? I don't think anybody knows anything, really. Uh, but I hope it does come back. Watch it on Netflix, Mindhunter. Very good. And thank you to Cameron Britton. He gave me an hour of his time. He was absolutely incredible. One of the biggest 49er fans I've ever met. Like, he's not just like a flyby casual 49er fan. He was telling me off the air, he literally has watched film of the Niners draft class this year. Danny Gray and Drake Jackson and all that. Like, he is a serious 49er fan. We definitely want to have him back, and I think he's open to coming back. So hopefully we can do that, get him on camera as well. Uh, Another review, this one from 
Ace San Diego, Javon Kinlaw, five stars. Great take, Rob, on the Kinlaw Cone saga. Agree with everything you said. Again, we love the reviews. Please, please, please keep them coming. All right, we have one big topic on the show. But before we get to that, Levin, I just want to know, tell us about your vacation. How did it go? What did you do? Who did you see? Give us the details. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't end up going to Myrtle. Canceled that last minute. I don't know if I've told you that yet. No. What happened? Well, is everything okay? Uh, yeah. So when I booked back in February, I Googled because I knew that they had a big biker rally. It's like the second biggest in the country, the Sturgis. I'm like, well, I don't want to go during that time. So let me make sure. So I Googled it. And there was a bike rally the week after we were going to be there. I'm like, well, that's fine. They might start streaming in right towards the end, but that that's fine. They won't be there you know before we leave really and uh for some reason google decided to show me results for the second most popular bike rally myrtle beach has without showing me results of the most popular one (laughs) which is the week before the one i just talked about which would be right when we were there so my dad sent me a link on sunday before we were to leave thursday going uh are you sure you're wanting to go and it was a link saying that they're expecting two hundred thousand bikers oh my because they haven't had it for three years due to covid and uh you know a lot of bikers are fine people but when you get to a bike rally there's a lot that are attracted to a bike rally that are not good people it's not a family environment (laughs) yeah so and looking further i was like well i'm in a resort right at the boardwalk maybe they tell them you know stay the hell away from the boardwalk and you know they kind of protect because that's like the area you know like myrtle has an area that you know it'd be like the atlanta beach boardwalk but it's even smaller so it's like maybe they protect that and we were staying right next to it so i looked it up and it was like no they pretty much go everywhere and uh not only that but that main i don't know if you've ever been to myrtle beach probably that our listeners many of them haven't because you know it's about as far from san francisco as you can get but they have a highway that like runs right along the coast and that is like everything's on that street and we were staying right on that road on a resort that went to the beach. And turns out they make that highway a one-way highway for 23 miles to prevent the bikers from going up and down it. You know, they kind of, they think it makes it safer. And they also shut down the sidewalk. And that was kind of like the big one. It's like, okay, I can't even walk out of my resort because there's no sidewalk to walk on. So we ended up canceling and uh, booking up the coast of North Carolina. Wow. So you just rebooked that fast on that late notice uh yeah it did not do the pocket well book well but uh Mm -hmm. yeah we canceled and found a last minute place up the coast uh in curie beach which is right next to carolina beach a lot more private a lot different of a vacation than you know we were planning myrtle beach to be right in the hustle and bustle see if we like it keep the kid entertained and this was much more like we're by ourselves there's not a lot around which was it was fine uh and we had a good time kid ended up liking the beach which is good because you know you never know and uh yeah we just had a much more relaxing vacation but uh it's i shouldn't use that word because relaxing and having a two-year-old on a beach vacation do not go hand in hand you don't take vacations when you have little kids they're not vacations they're family trips 
because you're right. Relaxation is a lot harder to come by when you have to constantly monitor a young human, especially at the beach. Are they eating sand? Are they trying to make a break for the water? You, you got to be on your guard constantly. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't too relaxing, but, you know, we knew that going in. Yeah. You know, the only people that say, oh, I didn't know how much work having a kid would be are, are the people that are in denial about what a kid is. I didn't have a kid, and then I'm shocked that all my free time is taken. It's kind of part of the gig. It's not like yeah. people sit around in line and go, oh, having a kid is so easy. Everybody talks about how terribly hard it is. So we knew we weren't going to get too relaxing, but uh, it, it was good. Well, while you were gone, Grant Cohn almost got turned into a pretzel by Javon Kinlaw. Yeah, I, I was uh, a little annoyed. That all that. I was like, this is like the biggest storyline in the last month. And of course, I'm gone. Yeah, it was uh, for a couple of days there. It was a hell of a thing. Uh, it seems to be at least in a place where they can both tolerate each other. Although Javon Kinlaw did go out of his way to say that nothing is forgiven, nothing is over, and yada yada yada. But it, that it is not be curious to see what happens when Cone comes out with a negative thing against somebody for the first time in season. Yeah, because uh, the rest of his 49ers teammates, or the rest of Kinlaw's teammates, I should say, made no bones about the fact that they are not Grant Cohn fans either. But that is not the topic of today's show. Today, I'm going to flat out just steal something. Uh, our friends over at Blogging the Boys, the Dallas Cowboys uh, community here at SB Nation, asked a question that I thought was pretty good. And then what they asked was, if you could guarantee three wins on the schedule this year, which three games would you pick? There's not a ton happening with the Niners right now. They are doing OTAs, so we'll maybe get a little bit of news. But I thought it was an interesting question, Levin. So I texted it to you. I fired up the schedule. And I got to say, it's kind of a hard to just pick three. Did, did three jump out to you? So the way that you said that there, hearing inflection rather than through a text, are you meaning like, I took this as what three wins do I think are most likely to happen? But the way you said it now makes me think you're saying you get to pick three games that you can guarantee wins to help you out. Doesn't matter how likely you think it is, you're you they would win in real life. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying if you could pick any three games and the 49ers would win those hundred percent for sure, which three would you pick? Yeah, well that that's actually pretty darn simple to me. Oh. All right, then. there's two super obvious games, and then there's one that I could see going one of two ways. The two obvious ones are both Rams games, right? Those are the two that are a must. Really? But Why I think not? they could win those anyway. See, I don't want to like use my use that card with games. I think they legitimately have a chance to win. Is there any game that you don't think they have legitimately a chance to win? Well, I, I don't know how the Kansas City game is going to go. You know, like, I, that's dicey. You're asking a 22-year-old kid to outdo a Patrick Mahomes. If I could just play this, you know, plunk this card down on the table and say that's an automatic win, I think I would use that for one of them. Well, see, to me, I take it as you needed to win the division. Mm -hmm. So beating the Rams twice gives you a massive leg up on yes. the hardest team to beat for the division. And then after that, I'm going to take an NFC team. The Chiefs game, yeah, I think it's likely the Niners lose that game. It's a lot to ask, but it's also an AFC team, and that doesn't factor into a lot of the tiebreakers. Yep. So, to me, it's both Rams games, and then I'm picking either one of the Arizona games, like the Arizona road game, because uh, Arizona's had their number. Well, that's in Mexico City. Yeah, that is true. 
um, or the Tampa Bay game. Because a Tampa game could be massive in tie-breaking scenarios. Yes, that was my other one. Like the two toughest quarterback matchups, Mahomes with the Chiefs and Brady with the Bucks. Because uh, I think that Brady is going to want to come out and stick it to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go to San Francisco, and the 49ers said no. And I, if you think Tom Brady has forgotten about that, you're out of your mind. So he is going to want to run it up on them 100%. It's in San Francisco, which, you know, everybody knows Brady was a Niner fan. He went to the catch game, blah, 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 all that stuff. I would definitely play one of those cards for that game. Um, you're strategy makes perfect sense to me the two most important division games and another game in conference because that has to do with tiebreakers that is a totally logical rational levin black <laughs> imagine that selection <laughs> believe it or not i'm going a different way i'm going with the emotional play and this is kind of contingent it's all it's sort of a cop-out but stay with me week five on the road in carolina If Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded to the Panthers, I absolutely would plunk down a card to make sure to guarantee that the 49ers win that game. Because if Garoppolo goes to Carolina and through whatever crazy reason somehow beats the 49ers, this will be the worst job in America on Sunday night (laughs) and Monday because I, we will never live it down. It will just be the stands will be out in the mentions. It'll be awful. I, I, I don't even know if I could come to work that day. <laughs> well, let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope that Jimmy is traded, but doesn't win. Put it that way. Um, but I did, uh, funny, funny enough, I did have that down as one of the games that I thought was most likely to win, contingent on Jimmy not going there. And if Jimmy goes there, I was swapping to a different team. That's basically like... In terms of worst starting quarterback right now in the league, uh, it's probably Sam Darnold. Like he's right huh. there. Well, Seattle's up there. I mean, Drew Locke, that's no picnic. But Drew uh, Locke's looked a little bit better than Sam Darnold has. Darnold is there for sure. Marcus Mariota's not very good, but he's not the worst. Th- that's what, like, there are, I think it's a weird kind of year for quarterbacks league-wide where there's a lot of young quarterbacks There's a lot of great quarterbacks. And then there's a lot of these almost rehab projects where they were highly drafted. They've done well in a backup role. Now they might be able to be something. There's, you know, I'm talking about Trubisky, Mariota, guys that they didn't look completely terrible when they were starters. They just didn't look like finished projects. You know what I mean? They were, they were both guys that just didn't develop wall starting like you had hoped, but they did show potential when they started. So it's a weird year where there's not like, clear cut well that team has a terrible quarterback i mean in the afc almost everybody has their quarterback it's absurd and in the nfc that's i i just did a show with kyle posey yesterday and we talked about can the 49ers go on a run like the warriors where they make six of eight conference title games and you just look at the landscape of quarterbacks in the nfc and it's yeah like you kind of think yeah just because there are some really good ones but there are a couple of really good ones. It's top heavy. And then everybody else is kind of in this scrum. Yeah. It's uh, been a really weird balance of power shift where even with Tom Brady going AFC to NFC, the AFC's quarterbacks have just gotten better and better, but it's been this way 
for quite some time. I mean, you had you had the whole Peyton Brady era, and then you had Brady stick around long enough to where there's a whole nother era with Mahomes and um, and Ben. Don't forget Roethlisberger too. Yeah. Yes and no. Uh, I wouldn't quite put him in that that level, but yes. Um, but yeah, it, it's weird because growing up, it was the opposite. I remember the AFC didn't win a Super Bowl in a long, right. long time, and that was like a laughing stock that the AFC can't win a Super Bowl. And the Super Bowls are a little more even now, but I don't think there's any question that the AFC is like miles and miles ahead of the NFC top to bottom. Yeah, that's not even debatable. Um, but hopefully those teams kind of beat each other up and the NFC team can swoop in and take advantage, and hopefully that team is the 49ers. Uh, is there any other game on the schedule that you like? What about the Russell Wilson game week three in Denver first matchup against Russ? I think the 49ers have a better team than the Broncos, but it's Russ. Like he's terrorized us for over a decade. Would you use one of those cards on just to beat Russ and finally have that on him? I would like to beat Russ, but honestly, I don't give a shit about the Broncos one way or the other. Like I, I don't care. And for us, beats us, oh, well, I'm used to it. (laughs) (laughs) You're beaten into submission. Now, I think there is one that a lot of our listeners uh, would probably have thought, at least thought about, and many of them probably would have picked. But we are two non-West Coast people. Yep. I don't think we gave it any true consideration. I certainly saw it and went like, "Eh, some would pick it, but heck no. I know where you're going. Yeah, this would be the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. Like, it, that doesn't mean anything to me. I know, you, like you said, it does mean a lot to a lot of people. It meant a little bit to me when they were in Oakland, but now that they're in Vegas, I don't care. They stopped playing the Niners-Raiders preseason games because the fans were getting into too many fights. Right. Like, so it definitely means something. Um, it's going to be New Year's Day in Vegas, which I think is going to be really cool. I'm stunned that this is not a primetime game. It's 4.05 p.m. Eastern time. I was a little surprised at that. I mean, I it's guess New Year's it, Day, that is primetime. I guess. Um, but I think it's going to be a ton of fun. I think it's going to be a huge challenge. They got to face Niner killer Devontae Adams. Derek Carr's a good quarterback. They made some upgrades on defense there. That's that's not going to be an easy one. It, we're lucky that a lot of the Niners' toughest games are against the AFC, which won't affect tiebreakers like you mentioned earlier. The lead-up to that game is one I'm going to be crossing my fingers. I'll say that. New yeah. Year's Eve in Vegas? <laughs> not, not what I like. You know, I, I don't want my team in that scenario. Uh, both from the temptation to go out and from the fact that you're going to have a lot of, in an area that people like to drink, they're going to be extra drunk so to me if i'm the niners i might even say yeah no we're not staying in vegas for that game we're going to stay elsewhere and we're going to come in the day of the game it's it's an interesting challenge that i think you know vegas itself presents a challenge but the fact that it is on new year's day when new year's eve i mean everywhere is just amateur hour like people act like they've never consumed alcohol before in their lives on new year's eve it's ridiculous yeah people see new year's eve as like get out of jail free because hey the new year starts the next year i can have a new me right this is my last chance to be an ass (laughs) before it's 2023 I think we both know I'm going to continue to be an ass even in 2023. <laughs> no alcohol needed, but <laughs> I'm going to use that drop forever. So thanks for that. 
But those are the only games I look at. The other games I feel comfortable with every game, pretty much for the most part. The only other game I considered maybe, but it was just this is my own fear trying to take over is week one against Chicago because it's the first game of the year. It's the first time, you know, it's Trey Lance's first start as like the unquestioned guy. Plus he's going against Justin Fields, who was in his draft class, who the Niners could have had, but chose not to select at number three. We saw Fields, I mean, let's be honest, if it weren't for an incredible Debo Samuel play on a screen pass against the Bears, who knows how that game turns out. So Justin Fields did give this, you know, largely this same defense trouble last year to a point. I I was sort of like, it did cross my mind to maybe say, maybe we should guarantee that win. But ultimately, I have too much faith that the rest of the 49ers roster is just so much better than the Bears. I mean, there there is an interesting strategy that neither one of us went for but you could have and that's to say i picked the first three games of the year because if you start out three and oh all criticism of lance is gone that whole shindig unless the team somehow falls to like three and six loses six straight games after that you're not going to get criticism even if the niners end up being you know say say they end up being like four and three they lose three out of the next four you're not going to be seeing the criticism coming the trey lance isn't it once they start 3-0, and he's going to be the darling of the early season. Everybody's going to be talking about him and everything. And it eliminates all of that distraction and all of that doubt and allows you to just settle in for the season. That would be an interesting way to go with that. You'd be 3-0 with wins over Chicago, Seattle, and Denver. 3-0 and going into that Monday night game against the Rams at home on ESPN. They're not going to be, you wouldn't think that they would end up like three and six though, because after that, they, so then it goes Rams at Panthers at Falcons. So really like they could be in a really good spot record wise going into that game against the chiefs. Even if they lose that game against the Rams on Monday night, they could go into that game against the chiefs in week seven, like five and one, (laughs) You had to do math there. Sorry. For some reason, I was going to say five and two. I don't know why. Then I had to quickly go back. Four and two, five and one. That that could be in a great spot going into almost, I don't want to say the halfway mark, but pretty close to it before they have back-to-back games. That that begins their sort of death stretch of Kansas City week seven, in LA for the Rams week eight, by week nine, Chargers week 10. Yeah, I, I think the Niners need four wins out of the first six. Just the way the schedule fell, a lot of their easy games are in those first six. The Seattle game, you need to win that. Um, you have the Atlanta, the Carolina games. Yes, they're East Coast, but they're easy opponents. Mm-hmm. And then you need one of the other ones, which should be the Bears. But I don't think you can start out two and four, three and three, and make it again this year. I, I don't think they can start out like they did last year and make it up in the back half of the schedule. Chris Sims has talked about this recently when he was talking about Trey Lance and Chris Jimmy Sim Garoppolo. Talk about Trey Lance and <laughs> the 49ers? No way. He pointed this out, and I totally agree. Shanahan's going to be able to get Lance through the early games in the year. Like when Lance is really still inexperienced, isn't quite trusting what he's seeing on the field, isn't totally adjusted to the speed of the game. It works out nicely for the Niners that the earlier games are the, sort of the easier games where Kyle can sort of keep the training wheels on Lance a little bit. And then when you get into that second part, you know, that stretch I just mentioned and some of the other games later in the year, 
Tampa Bay, Vegas, like we talked about. Hopefully by that point, Trey will be in a place where he can bail Kyle out if necessary. If maybe Kyle doesn't have the best play call or whatever, he can just physically make a play to where, you know, he doesn't need the training wheels. So I think that kind of matches up nicely in terms of where Lance is going to develop as we go through 2022. I mean, the ideal situation here is Lance is the real deal. The team knows it. And those first three games go in a manner where they don't have to pull out all the stops, where they're able to keep some things in. And then they get to that Rams game and it's like, bam, surprise, mother. (laughs) 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 To use a Dexter line. Would you save up all your swears from vacation? Uh, No, it's uh, because I'm tired. And uh, when I'm tired, uh, less of a filter, a lot more cuss words. You're welcome. <laughs> I, oh man, I cannot wait. I said it yesterday with Kyle Posey. Somebody pulled out the, uh, we're a hundred days from the start of the NFL season. Like, yes, that gets me so excited. I, I just love breaking it all down. We're in OTAs now. So I just like, I, I'm starting to really get the juices flowing already, even though we're three months away. That doesn't get me excited at all. I hear a hundred. I go still, still a hundred right. days. It's longer than you think, but for some reason in my head, it's like only a hundred days. I can't wait. Yeah, only a third of a year. Right, exactly. I was literally just going to say that exact thing. Yeah, it can get here anytime. I mean, I, I, I'm just ready for a pass going up in the air, going deep, and me not going all crap. <laughs> I'm signing <laughs> for that. I'm signing for the just the excitement, the unknown of this year. Like last year, we knew the team was going to be good if they stayed healthy. But it's it's a different feeling going into this year. If they're good this year, I think it's going to be for a different reason than they've been good in years past, at least offensively. Mm. I, I have kind of a similar mindset. I like Jimmy's very good, so I don't see Trey Lance being worse than Jimmy. I see at, wor- at, at his worst, he's going to be slightly less consistent passing but makes plays with his feet. So overall, you get a wash, and the team is as good or better surrounding. So. I go into this season going, well, I know the team will be good as long as we stay healthy. Yes. Which, so obviously every single year, even this year with Trey Lance, the biggest question mark for the 49ers is health. It's, it is it's just it's, wonderful. I love that feeling. Well, honestly though, like I, I've been thinking about this since they, they went to the 17th game. I don't think it's realistic anymore to expect everybody to play every game during the regular season. I think the season is too long. The game is too physical. I think if you get 10 to 12, well, maybe not 10. If you get 12 to 14 games out of a player, I think that's that's a good year. Like, I don't knock them for not being able to stay healthy for all 17 games. Just with the Niners, the hope is that the weeks that Debo is out, for example, are not also the weeks that Kittle is out or also the weeks that Ayuk is out. You know, as long as you don't get hit with those cluster injuries, you can weather the storm, especially the 49ers. They're deep enough to where you can adjust if Debo's not there for a couple of games. You throw to Ayuk more, throw to Kittle more, maybe Jennings, that type of thing. You know, you can massage one or two big injuries. It's when you get big injuries all at the same time, that's when you really feel it, which is exactly what happened to them in 2020. Yeah, and I I don't want to see injuries to one position in particular. I think you can weather the storm pretty much any position except for that quarterback position. Nate Sudfeld picture it are you sure Uh, i mean yes i'm sure jimmy will not be on the team i do think that like i'm 
if everything goes the way we think it's going to go and Jimmy's not going to be on the team, I do think it's crazy that they potentially could go into the season with Lance and Sudfeld, or if something happened to Sudfeld, Brock Purdy. That's kind of surprising. Uh, yes and no, but I also would not be shocked one bit if some veteran is let go from another team. The Niners have moved to Jimmy and they go get some veteran. You know, some old guy that definitely isn't going to be the starter, but some experience to sit behind Lance. I would like that, quite honestly. Like, I don't, what does Nate Sudfeld do that provides any value, really? Like, I, that doesn't, I don't have any faith, even for one game, that he could come in and keep keep things afloat. So, I don't know. But again, I have no idea what Nate Sudfeld can be. So, I mean, if Nick Mullins can keep it afloat for one game, pretty sure he probably can. I just don't want to see it. Yeah, neither do I. I'm tired of talking about the 49ers backup quarterback situation. Although, God help us if for some reason Brock Purdy gets in and plays well. I've never seen the guy picked last in the entire draft get the kind of support that Brock Purdy has gotten. Maybe Niners Twitter is just a crazy place. I mean, in the last like 35 years, there's maybe been, what, five or six years where you're not talking about the quarterback, the backup quarterback. It's kind of the Niners tradition. It's like their signature topic back and <laughs> i'm not kidding like you had the whole steve young ordeal and then like you had a couple of years there where young was there but then he started getting hurt so now you're talking about the backup again yeah and then you had a couple of years there with garcia where you're not talking about it again and then after that you had every single year it's well this is the starter but boy i hope the backup is the guy <laughs> we want car baby remember the chance on the monday i think it was a monday yeah. night game we yeah. want car we want car was... the tim Rattay back and forth that you know we had we had some jt o'sullivan stands there for yeah, a while we did. uh you know you every year with alex smith it was the backup you know trent dofer all those i mean like i said and then you had the kaepernick whole alex stuff. smith and kaepernick yeah once again and then since kaepernick it's been uh pretty much every year Oh, we got Jimmy, and then, oh, we have Jimmy. That was a weird observation by you that was oddly (laughs) prescient. Like, that is a really good point by you that I've never thought of before in the history of my 49ers fandom. signature topic of the 49ers fandom. Who's the backup quarterback? Which is crazy for a team that's had two of the best quarterbacks of all time. That's why. They had two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time at the same time. At the same time, yeah. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Again, we remind you, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. You take the time to leave a review. We will read it on the show. Well, Evan, good to have you back. Looking forward to talking to you next week. You're such a liar.